It simplified my to-do list. It nuked my to-do list. And here I am sitting now with almost a finished product. And the other thing to say is with a membership site, you do have to have enough content that you can make it a worthwhile proposition for people. This is Dana DiTomaso from Kickline, and you're listening to Ash Roy and the Productive Insights Podcast. Welcome to the Productive Insights Podcast, where you can learn how to systemize, automate, and scale your business via the internet. To access previous episodes and useful productivity tips, go to www.productiveinsights.com. Now, here's your host, Ash Roy. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Productive Insights Podcast. I have a very special guest today, and her name is Julie McDonald. This episode, number 163, is the first part of a two-part series, which talks about our work together in helping Julie launch her membership site and some particularly useful productivity tools and strategies we used to increase her effectiveness in a very time-restricted environment. So be sure to listen all the way through to the end where we talk about these fantastic tools and services that may be useful to you and your business. In this first part of this two-part series, we talk about many things, including how we discovered a powerful way to capture a URL that was valuable to this business by simply adding a three-letter word at the start. Julie explains how she used her relationship with me to develop a robust strategy that led to launching her website and her recurring income business in a relatively short period of time, given all the constraints. This episode is brought to you by the Productive Insights Podcast Launch Service, which positions you as an authority in your niche and helps you to turn listeners into lifelong high-value customers. Book a call with me on callashroy.com to find out how to get started today. Now, here's our guest, Julie McDonald. Welcome to the Productive Insights Podcast. Julie McDonald was previously on this show in episode 128. And in that episode, we featured her as a guest expert. And she talked about how to be authentic in the media. Today, we have her back and she's appearing on this show as a client. We've been working together on launching her membership site, theawesomeaupair.com. We're really looking forward to bringing some insights that we have both gained along the way in our work together. So I'd like to welcome back Julie McDonald to the Productive Insights Podcast. Welcome, Julie. Hi, Ash. Thank you so much uh, for having me again. It's been quite an adventure, isn't it, that we've had over this past year or so? It's been great. Yeah. And I've just got to commend you on taking action on all the things that we've talked about. Now, just so the audience knows, Julie also has a day job. She works as an international news anchor. She's previously worked for the BBC. She now works for Al Jazeera as a freelance news anchor. She's also the founder of the Awesome Au Pairs we've spoken about. And she's also the founder of ClanMacMedia.com. So Julie is a very busy person and she has (laughs) managed to find ways to break through several obstacles. And I have immense admiration for her ability to just push through and just keep taking action even when the odds seem to be stacked up against her. Julie, let's start by talking about the core problem we wanted to solve and how that led to discovering or deciding upon the awesome au pair and the membership site. 
Sure. Um, it's it's quite a long winding story, Ash. I started a website, thedailyjuggle.com, a few years ago, and I wanted to build a magazine site for parents, both men and women, to talk about their experience of um, handling the juggle, you know, how to do it, what the stresses are, you know, when you have kids and work, you know, you're maybe a two person working household. I started a website back in 2013. I can't believe that's four years ago. But that's how long this journey to get to what I actually wanted to do took. So I built the website. I wanted it to be a magazine site for parents to reflect and discuss and debate what it was like to handle work and kids. Um, I'm from a two working parent family. And I was I was really, really shocked by all of the pressures that that brought. We don't have excellent state-funded child care here in the UK, and I know that we don't in places like Australia, New Zealand, America. It's very, very tough for parents. So that's the conversation that I wanted to help people have. One of the things that has really helped me over the years is that I, in a yearly basis, hire an au pair. An au pair is a young person who comes to your house to basically help you be kind of an extra pair of hands, a colleague in the chaos, as I like to call it. Also known as and a then nanny. I discovered also, yeah, I think somewhere in the world they're called nannies. Here we distinguish between a nanny being kind of a professional child carer and an au pair being, you know, a young person who doesn't have training but nonetheless helps you endeavor to raise your kids and juggle work and all the rest of it. And I discovered when I went on that journey of hiring and managing au pairs mm-hmm. that I wasn't very good at at it. And I discovered that lots of people weren't very good at it, but that actually in our culture, because there isn't subsidized childcare, it's a very profoundly necessary relationship. And yet most of us are flunking at it because there isn't a huge amount of great information written from the host family front line. The information that is out there is behind a paywall with agencies. And so I decided that I wanted to help people with my newfound knowledge and try to solve this particular problem of how do you get the right support in your home for you to continue to meet your ambitions for your family and in your working life. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to see if by bringing all the information that I had and that I knew that I could go out and get in the au pair world, could I start in a tiny way to help people to build better relationships with their au pair or their nanny or their childminder or whatever and turn that into a membership community focused on helping support people in this journey, but specifically about their childcare problems. So I suppose I did what lots of people do, which is I started off with a broad topic. Then over time, the sorts of conversations and emails I was having through the site showed me that the one problem that's universal to pretty much all parents working in the home, working outside of the home, is the the childcare wrangle. It's a nightmare. And so I wanted to help people to support them and to start having a general conversation, you know, both online and a national level. Like, how can we do this better? How can we use all these relationships that we have, but do it better? Hmm. So it took me actually quite a long time of listening to people to figure out one what are their big problems? Two, what can I do to help solve them? And three, is there a way to set up a community to support people, but also make enough money to run that community yeah. and potentially build another business on top of it? So it took a while, but that was the, the process. 
Right. I remember one of our first deep sessions, we went on to build a mind map together using an app that I love called iThoughtsX. I'll come back to that in a second, but I just want to mention, when we spoke last time, you did mention the daily juggle. So that was something that you were working on at the time, and I think you were heading towards the sunset of that particular project. And around that time, actually, we were doing quite a bit of work together on this idea. We came up with the awesome au pair, and in fact, if I'm not mistaken, the idea of the awesome au pair came from that mind map that we worked on together. We were trying to figure out who the audience was and what problem we were trying to solve and what value or what solution we were going to deliver to them. I remember the URL awesome au pair was taken. So we just said, how about the awesome au pair? And that was available. So we grabbed that. We made sure we got the .com. Most people, even today, still kind of default to the .com. So if you can get the .com, I'm quite biased towards doing that. I also noticed that, to some degree, you've scratched your own itch in developing this product, which actually is often how a lot of very great products develop. Yeah, and I think it's scratching your own itch, but also being enough knee-deep with the community already that you know that it's also their itch and that they're desperate for you to hurry up and scratch it so you can help support them. And, you know, I, I would get a biblical flood of emails literally from all over the world, from places completely unexpected, Japan, India, saying, you know, I, I, I'm suffering this too. I, I don't know how to juggle home and work. You know, I wish I just had, you know, flexible childcare. And, you know, I just to think about the relationships that already work. How can we supercharge those relationships? And, I was having a conversation um, with a colleague of mine at work the other day, and she's a very, very smart, cool lady. She, she's got two little girls, and she wanted to hire an old pair. So she did exactly what I did, which was go out there, try to find the information, find that a lot of that information is, frankly, incredibly dry and boring. And once, you know, you want to pull your eyelashes out when you're reading it. So, you know, you just think, oh, well, I'm just going to jump in there, you know, sign up to a couple of sites. How hard can it be? Everybody makes it look so easy. You know, I slap up a profile. So she did that. She hired an American au pair and assumed that because the site allowed her to tick the American box that everything was fine. You know, she her au pair came and she was fantastic and that was great. And she was like, wow, this is really easy until she discovered she'd broken immigration law. <laughs> oh, wow. Because, you know, it, it's and it seems like how on earth could anybody manage to do that? But mm. actually, when you're sleep deprived and you are juggling work, and you're juggling life, and you're juggling a marriage which is frankly creaking under the strain. Sometimes you just need to go somewhere where somebody gives you the information yes. in a funny, frank, heartfelt way that you can understand it, you can pay whatever it is, 30 pounds, you download it, you read it, you're not gonna break immigration law. And frankly, you're gonna learn law about how to you know, avoid all the mistakes and pitfalls that people like yeah. me have already made. Yes. So. Um, just to go back to collaborating with you, Ash, and what was great for me, and this is what I'd say to anybody who's thinking of starting on any project, whether it's a change, you know, to your lifestyle, stopping smoking, getting fit, you know, building a business, whatever it is, is that for me, it really, really works to have that collaborator, that colleague yeah. that I can turn to. And I think what's been fantastic about our relationship, and, and I highly recommend that people find themselves this kind of relationship, is that... Every time I've come to you, I have been able to 
hone in on the next step. What is the next step? I get out of the mess on my head. What's the next step? What's the next available step that I'm going to take? And and because of those conversations, my doing becomes laser-like. I'm not wasting energy. And it bothered me greatly for a long time that, you know, I wanted to call this site, you know, awesomeaupair.com, um, but it wasn't available. I even looked at, at buying it and that wasn't possible. And then that conversation with you, you know, the awesome old pair. Um, and I think I'd said something to you like, well, the awesome old pair that changed my life, You're like the awesome old pair. And we sat there and we went online together. And at the end of the conversation, it was bought. Right. I also remember thinking that the awesome au pair almost has a more powerful ring to me than awesome au pair in the sense that there is only one awesome au pair and this is the awesome au pair. I guess to some degree it Absolutely. all comes down to how you look at things, but it also helps, as you said, to have an external person to bounce ideas off and give you that different perspective because as entrepreneurs, we can sometimes get really caught up in, oh, damn, I want awesome up here and I can't get it. But the truth of the matter is it doesn't really matter. And if you look at it from it another perspective, the awesome up here is actually even more powerful sounding. Absolutely. And it's having that person say, it doesn't matter, move on, forget it, right. next step. Or, or don't spend a lot of time on that set because actually this is the one that matters. And, and frankly, you know, none of us really know what we're doing until we've been doing it for a while. So yes. to be able to kind of have the benefit of somebody else's greater experience is so wonderful. And the conversations that we have had have made me much more laser-like in taking action. They've given me much more confidence. And for me, that works better, I think, than reading a book or reading a guide yep. because um, I like to do as I'm thinking hmm. rather than read a whole load of stuff and then freak out because I think I can't do that. I don't have the confidence. Yes. I can barely even get past page one. Whereas if I read page one, and then I talk to my colleague and I'm like, these are the steps I think I'm going to take. And then I have the benefit of their experience. It's all just so, so, so much easier. So mm. that's why I think if you're trying to change something, you know, get a get a change buddy. I don't even yeah. know what the right phrase is. Right, right. You know, I think in Toy Story, it was, you know, grab a moving buddy. But yeah. in real life, get a change buddy. Yeah. Um, and it, it just it transforms the amount of time that it takes you to do things because you're not spending all of that time solo in your head getting caught mm. up in all sorts of unnecessary stuff yeah and a change buddy who can play the role of a mentor when required and play that role of the sounding board and the relatively unbiased guide the person who can reflect things like you never could possibly do yourself i think the key point i'm trying to make here is that objectivity you get by having someone to bounce ideas off is always going to be that much more powerful and beneficial than getting lost in the weeds you know it's, yes. it's impossible to be able to see the big picture all the time everyone needs yes. a coach coaches really help that yeah way. absolutely absolutely and it's just you know every time you have a call it's that to-do list to some degree expands but the focus of it is reduced yeah and that's incredibly helpful um and also, I think the accountability factor that, you know, the following week you're going to mm. talk to this person or two weeks. Um, and sometimes we'd have periods where I'd say, OK, Ash, I've I got to go and work on this. And it might be for two months, you know, that yeah. we didn't speak because I just had to get that's how long it took me to get to the next yeah. stage. And I didn't want to share that with you until it was physically done, until yeah. I could actually show you it. But that really helped to, to drive me and to keep me on the path. And now that brings up another very important point, and that is, 
it is critical as a mentor or as a coach, and even as a person who's seeking mentorship or coaching, that there needs to be serious action taking because if action doesn't happen, then it's frustrating for both parties. I have become a lot more selective about people that I work with of late because of that one reason. But I just want to commend you like I did at the start of this conversation. You really did take action and you implemented stuff despite a very challenging environment, a very busy schedule. Kudos to you for that. Another thing that I think I was able to contribute was being able to help know what you didn't know. So if I wanted to, for example, develop a strong media presence, like in our conversation in episode 128, there's a whole bunch of things I didn't know that I didn't know that you shared that helped me to realize, oh yeah, that makes sense. Either that or I already knew it. I never articulated in that succinct way, which helped me understand it on a deeper level. In some respects, our work together was useful because I was able to suggest things that were very useful to you on your journey. One example was the automation agency. And I want to give a big shout out to my friend Carl Taylor because he's got this fantastic business, which is effectively a membership site. And it is unlimited WordPress fixes based on a monthly fee that you pay. And I recommended that to you. And again, Julie, you took action straight away. You did it. It was a complete game changer for you in terms of getting the site launched. So do you want to talk to us a little bit about how you were able to use the automation agency and what problems did this automation agency solve that allowed you to just go, oh, that's handled? I wish I could get the automation agency to actually just run my whole life. That's <laughs> how much stress they have taken off me. Uh, the first thing I just wanted to reflect on, Ash, was you saying, you know, kudos to you for keeping going. When I built the Daily Juggle, obviously there was an amount of work involved there. And I really enjoyed the process of discussing and chatting to people. But after a while, I did find that it was a mountain of work. And I started to feel like, mm, maybe I'm not so into this. And at the time, another colleague said to me, maybe you just haven't found that niche within yeah. the daily juggle yet that really, really drives you. Mm. And so that's the other thing I would say that for me personally, I know what my values are. Um, I want to change the future for people in this country who have children. Mm -hmm. And I want to change the landscape so that they can be properly supported. I'm not naive enough to think that any lobbying of government I do will actually produce results anytime soon because my mum was still in the same situation 30 years ago and here I am today. But I am fighting to change the future. And because of that, even though I cried, honestly, every day last year, because I have another two sides to my business, I feel so driven to get this done. And so we talk a lot about being driven by a passion and people say like, wow, wow, what does that mean? But actually, sometimes a passion might be, you know, making money, putting food on the table. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily need to be a value driven proposition. It is for me. But I would say if you want to do something and you've already got, you know, work in the background or you want to write a book or whatever, make sure that whatever you're doing it for it chimes with your values and that yes. you're going to keep going and that no amount of stress or pressure from other things is going to stop you. So that's how it works for me. It didn't matter how hard the work was. Even when I was on holiday last year, I worked for six hours every single day. Wow. You know, everybody was jumping in the pool and drinking cocktails. And I was just sitting there thinking, I've got to get this done. So yeah, pick something that you are completely driven by. That matters a huge amount. The automation agency was 
a complete game changer for me because I knew that I could write a book. I knew that I could write great content and film great videos. Um, and in my production company, you know, what do I do when a client comes to me and they say, I want to, you know, create this video? Well, we decide what we're going to create. We decide what the story is. And then I go to a, a series of other great professionals to help me to pull it together. So to some degree, that's what the automation agency did for me, which was that I knew I had to get documents designed. I knew I would have WordPress fixes to do. I knew I would have email integrations and automation sequences to build. I don't have time to do that. It, if I had had to do every single one of these steps, we would not be sitting here talking now yeah. with a finished product about to launch. Yeah. It would have been completely impossible. So for whatever it costs me, you know, a couple of hundred pounds a month, they have literally created amazing documents. And by the way, in the beginning, I got a quote for four documents and it would have cost me about £2,000 to have those done here. I don't think I've even spent that with the automation agency. And yet they've helped me every single day for the past seven months. So, again, having another set of colleagues who could do the fiddly doing bits. And this morning I had an email from them to say, fantastic, your, your Google Analytics tracking code is all uploaded. Brilliant massive tick on the to-do list yeah they're working on another document for me which by the way is 95 pages long it's a short book now it's taken a couple of weeks because it's a bit longer but that's another massive and they break it up into in smaller tasks yeah and i i know them now i feel like to some degree the automation agency is like an extended family yeah. that helps me to just nuke my to-do list. Yeah. And it has been completely, completely invaluable, and I couldn't have done it without them. And I couldn't – I didn't even know they existed until you, didn't know you told what you me didn't about know. them. You didn't know what you didn't know. I didn't know. know what I didn't know. And I remember saying to you, you mean there's something like that that exists? <laughs> you know, because I, I already use People Per Hour. I already use Upwork. I absolutely love those sites. But what I didn't want to have to do was to have 50 relationships going on where I could have one central relationship and maybe a couple of others around the edges when I need it. So it simplified my to-do list. It nuked my to-do list. And here I am sitting now with almost a finished product. And the other thing to say is with a membership site, you do have to have enough content that you can make it a worthwhile proposition for people. So to generate that, have it designed properly and professionally and pull it all together is is quite a basket load of work. So I, I, I couldn't have achieved that by myself. And I've got to actually do the right thing. I've got to acknowledge my friend Nick Gulick, who listens to this podcast, and he actually introduced me to the idea of the automation agency. So I too didn't know what I didn't know. So there you go. You know, what goes around comes around. So exactly. thanks, Nick. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Nick. We appreciate it. So let's talk a bit about that mind map that we put together. We tried to understand who your target audience was, what problem we were trying to solve what their age bracket was, what their demographics were, where they hung out. And we basically built an audience avatar, something we haven't done yet. And I recommend we do at some point is build an empathy map. And I've got an episode which is devoted to empathy maps after I spoke to Brian Clark. And another thing before I forget, Julie, you must remember if you haven't already done so is install a Facebook retargeting pixel on your website as well. And do that sooner rather than later, because 
Even if you don't plan to do Facebook advertising for another, I think it's 180 days, the pixel starts collecting data from the day you install it. And it will be useful to you even if you start your advertising 180 days or 90 days, whatever it is, hence. But well, guess you... what my daily task is for <laughs> the automation agency today. I was, and I'm not kidding. I literally, I started yeah. off with five A4 na- notebooks. Yeah. And every day I open them and I'd start another page. And that was my to-do list. Yeah. Literally, there's a huge pile of them in my other office in the garden. And that's what I did for the automation agency. Anything that was appropriate to them, pass it yep. over, get it done. Tick, yep. tick, 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 tick. So and today, that is their Facebook job for me to, to upload the pixel. And it takes away all the pain because I'll tell you what, I don't know and I couldn't be bothered trying to figure out how to go into my WordPress site and find the header tags and put the Facebook pixel there because it is below my effective hourly rate. It makes perfect sense to outsource all of these things, particularly to an organization that knows you, knows your business. You just say, can you install a Facebook pixel? They've got all the logins, everything done. And as we said before, they'll just get you to done. That's a really important thing I would recommend. I guess we're in session right now, but, but please, <laughs> yeah, do, <we> are. <laughs> please do install the Facebook Pixel as soon as you can. And the reason you want to do that to anyone who's listening is when you retarget somebody, your advertising costs drop dramatically. And again, to explain, Facebook retargeting is the process of pixeling someone when they visit your website. You pixel them on their computer and then you follow them around the web. As creepy as it sounds, a lot of people are doing it. It's an accepted practice. It is a standard practice, I should say. And the idea is that if somebody's already visited your website, they're familiar with your brand, they might have even sought you out. So if they happen to see an ad on Facebook associated with your brand, they're more likely to convert into a subscriber or a customer or whatever it is you're trying to convert them into. For those who are wondering what retargeting is, I want you to think back to the last time you went to a website to look at a pair of shoes or handbags or tennis rackets, whatever it was. And next thing you know, you've got all these ads for handbags, shoes or tennis rackets appearing in your Facebook feed. That means you've just been pixeled and retargeted. That's how the experience actually works in practice. Okay, so let's go back to that mind map, Jules. So what were the outcomes you felt we achieved as a result of that work together? So first of all, I think because I am a polymath, I have multiple different interests and multiple different businesses. I actually use a mind map often every week because it helps me to organize my priorities for that week. And I'm not a logical spreadsheet type of gal, although I do use spreadsheets. I much prefer to see things on paper in a pictorial way. It helps me to organize my thinking and I just think it's fantastic that tool that you introduced me to that you can move things around, you can put comments on them, you can send them to other people. And actually, it was quite useful because occasionally what I do is I'd send them to my husband and I'd say, you know, what do you think of this? And then he would add his comments and then they'd be branching off, you know, other comments and then you would add your comments. And But it wasn't just some big dry word document. You know, I could look at it. And for me and the way my brain works, I knew how to move forward. So so that was fantastic and a great way to depart from just writing things down on, on paper. So um, by looking at who my customers are, I think the 
biggest thing that I took away when we did that mind map was how my customers, my potential customers actually behave. So first of all, I have to take into consideration that they are usually highly educated. They're usually very tight on time because they're already working really, really hard. And so I knew even just from those two indicators that I needed to be very careful in the sort of thing that I built because I didn't want to build a community that required loads of engagement from them. But then I also knew that there'll be some people within that community that do want to engage. So I had to build something that would fit the priorities of a huge different, a huge number of parents. Also was the fact that it had to suit people in the US, in the UK, Australia and New Zealand because they are my main markets. And so what I did as a result of that mind map was I started to look at other forums in agencies and things that I belong to and look at the behavior there so that I knew, for example, that it was better to start with a private Facebook group than a forum because these guys, the idea of having to you know, log on to a forum and start talking and yeah. maybe some of it would be shared publicly and this is information about your family. And so again, that helped me to narrow down that decision. Okay, I'm not going to go for a forum right now, although I probably will in the future, mm-hmm. But I'm going to go for a private Facebook group. And that's going to take lots of boxes for my audience and their particular lifestyle. The other thing I realized was that, you know, I had to be careful how I presented the content. So I knew that on my membership site, I wanted it to be a very simple interface. I wanted to make it easy for people so they could just log on, go straight to that one thing that they wanted. But then at the same time, I also had lots of feedback from parents saying, actually, sometimes they do really want to get into the detail of things. So I had to build content that could work for both sorts of people within my audience. So that's the sort of thing that our mind map helped me really to to dig into. And then, of course, with the mind map, once we dug into those things, we could build a little to-do list, which could go in another bubble. And that to-do list, I split up into the different people who I work with and what I was going to be responsible with, and then just started firing it off, getting it to done. Awesome. The mind map software that I'm referring to or that we're talking about, it's called iThoughtsX. I'll probably put a link to that in the show notes of this episode. I found it to be excellent. Mm -hmm. The reason I like it more than other mind mapping software I've used is because you can start new nodes within the same mind map. In addition to all the things you mentioned, Julie, you can also put in images. So if you want to create like a vision board, you can use it for that. You can put in links, you can put in documents, all sorts of stuff. So it's a very versatile piece of software and it's far more attractive than MindNode or some of the other ones, which I find to be very bland. Now, in terms of membership software, I really think you made a great point. Forums are great. Forum software like Zenforo, spelled X-E-N-F-O-R-O, or A360, if you have active campaign, it integrates nicely with that. All these forum software, they're useful they're great. But as you said, the downside is the friction to access is quite great. The person has to log in and it's a gated community. There are benefits too, of course, because it feels more exclusive and it feels more appropriate to pay a monthly recurring fee for a forum than it does for a Facebook group. However, the benefits of a Facebook group, as you correctly pointed out, the friction to access, you know, barrier to entry, very low. You're already on Facebook. There's a great episode I actually did with Jill Stanton, from Screw the 9 to 5 in episode 119. And we talked about how she actually used a Facebook group to launch her membership community. So that was the end of part one of this two-part conversation. And you can find all the relevant details at ProductiveInsights.com forward slash 163. 
In part two of this two-part conversation, Julie and I talk about how she went about solving her specific problem by understanding her audience, how she used landing pages to test the viability of her offer, and how she used Ryan Levesque's Ask methodology, which he himself explains in detail in episode 26, to create some useful interactive elements to pave a journey for her customers while still giving them a feeling of being in control of that journey. And special credit here goes to James Schramko, from whom we both learned how to do this. So be sure to tune into the next part of this two-part conversation, which you will find at ProductiveInsights.com forward slash 164 when it is published, which we expect to happen quite soon. If you find this episode useful, please do share it with somebody else that you think will benefit. And if you'd like to know how to launch a podcast of your own that positions you as a leading authority in your market and enables you to generate high-value inbound leads that have the potential of becoming lifelong fans and customers, reach out to me by booking a conversation on callashroy.com. I look forward to talking to you soon, which I'm sure I will do in the next episode. See you then. Thanks for listening to the Productive Insights Podcast. You can find all the links in the show notes below this episode on ProductiveInsights.com. You can also ask questions in the comment section that Ash personally answers. How can Ash help you today? 